Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Five Year Plan Podcast. That is our fancy new intro. This week we're talking about the defeat against Sunderland and looking forward to the game against Newcastle as well as answering your questions from Twitter and Facebook. So join us for an hour of Palace Chat. Let's do it. This is the Five Year Plan Podcast. Uh, with our fancy new intro there. Uh, welcome to this week's episode, episode 157. Wow. Ep- episode. Man. Episode, yeah. Is that what we're calling them? Uh, well, it is an episode, isn't it? It's, it's an episode. It's an episode in our life and the That's life true, of Crystal Palace yeah. Football Club. This is going up market. Yeah, yes. Nice. We're getting executive producers yeah, now. Got a new this one's directed by Martin Scorsese. Lovely. Yeah, it's going to be, lots gonna of be a lot of violence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we are sponsored by JCIS, the global brand research consultancy from South London. I think I buggered that up a little bit. We are sponsored Doesn't by. Matter. They know who they are. No, but you read it like you buggered it up. Right. Let me read it like I'm not going to bugger yeah. up. We are sponsored by JCIS, the global research brand consultancy from South London. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's very good. Yeah. And, of course, vector printing uh, for all your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. Good. Okay, around the table today, we've got Kevin Day. Hello. James Endicott. Hello. And Andy Street. Hello. Uh, chaps. And we are literally around the table today because we're in a different room because mm-hmm. there's a rehearsal going on in the back room and we're around a little tiny coffee table and we're all trying to... Actually, James Endicott sitting on the floor for the first yeah. time. What is this rehearsal you speak of? For Practicing for something? <laughs> yes, that's re- that's what a rehearsal. Oh yeah, is. see what you mean? Yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe, pop- maybe we should try that. That's not a bad idea, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Shall we talk about Palace? When was the last time? No, yeah. I want to talk about the last time James Endicott sat on a shag pile carpet, as he calls it. 1978. It's rag roll. It's a shag pile carpet, <laughs> Kevin Day, and you know it. You're old enough to know what a shag pile carpet is. Oh, I know what it is. I know it doesn't leave carpet burns, but. Anyway. Oh. Right, okay, before we go down that route, we are going to talk about Palace because that could get messy. Um, right, Palace lost 1 0 at home. Oh. <laughs> oh. Come on, guys, come on, you're better than this. Well, you're not. But anyway, right, Palace lost 1 0 at home to Sunderland on Monday night. Uh, the main talking point is the goal itself. Who was at fault? The whole team. Ooh, the whole team, pretty much. Yeah. We, we were at fault for not being well ahead of one of the worst teams I've seen at Salas Park for quite some time. It's like we got to stop. We got to get this out of our systems. Like last end of last season, we lost to West Brom and we lost to Hull, two very poor teams, and we somehow contrived to lose to them. And after about ten minutes last night, it looked like we were contriving. And all those people moaning about Sunderland's time wasting, the way to stop them time wasting is to score a goal against them, and then they wouldn't time waste. But they just, I don't know what was wrong. There was a strange atmosphere. Yeah, the, well, to answer your question, yes, yeah, the whole team, but the whole team by not being two or three goals ahead. Well, I mean, in terms of the individual, uh, the individual chance itself, you know, Balassi yet again is slightly over-exuberant <laughs> when he's got five men ahead of him and <laughs> knows there's very little in behind. Scott Dan, everyone knows he's better than that. Yeah. And Wayne Hennessy yet again has a poor starting position, dithers and yeah. doesn't really sort of show the sort of uh, decisiveness that you'd want from him. And yet again, indes- it, you know, uh, shows some indecision that has cost us there too. So a combination of those three, if you're going to pinpoint individuals, but completely agree with Kevin <coughs> in, in that... You know, we didn't really deserve anything from that match at all. So, um, and, and the goal was scored by somebody that we had a chance to go in for, and as a sort of player, we just desperate to somebody who can score goals out of nothing and, and and cause a lot of trouble. And co- yeah, and wind up defenders, which he's doing the whole yeah. game was default. I've come armed with stats tonight. Oh, good. Oh. Yeah. But also the, the other thing that was getting heavily mentioned around me during the game 
from almost the 15, 20 minute, minute onward was typical Palace. Yeah. And I think I've been looking at Twitter and Facebook and everything. That's why everybody's saying it's just typical. Well, Palace fans have been around for but more why? than... Why yeah, can, but I didn't why think... Can think, think I, didn't, I didn't think... I generally didn't think that. I, I'm, but you, you were thinking that during the game. Sure. I was, yeah, but beforehand. Even, I was even beforehand. Like, talking, was to, talking to people beforehand, I was saying, you know, in previous seasons, you'd go, yes, yeah, nailed on one nil win or something, but this is a different Palace team. I just, yeah. did, I just didn't think it would... I just didn't think it would happen. I didn't. I thought start of the game, we do what we did to West Brom. We'll pass. We, we might not score first half, mm. but we'll tie them out of our passing. But after five ten minutes, it was just. It wasn't. It was different. It was something wrong. Was, the atmosphere was odd all night, and we there just was, weren't good enough. We were. Just, we were almost a bit complacent. We were. Showing in, in bit, I think we yeah. just. We're just complacent. Notice to me, there was one or two um, touches that Wickham did as passes. I'm not just pointing him out, but he's, he was too where just a very sort of soft pass, just didn't have any energy, didn't seem to have the energy that, that we've been having this season. No, we're just, we're, yeah. just we're, we're going for it, we're going for it, we're going for it. It just seemed like, yeah, we're, we, we, we know we're better than this team and yeah. we will get a goal eventually yeah. and we will break them down. But we didn't break yeah, them down. And, and they seemed to stymie me. I, I was slightly annoyed by the fact that Pardew, and I don't know why he did this, but spent four days telling the media that Allardyce was the best manager he's ever played against and Allardyce was a genius and he didn't know if he could beat Allardyce and I don't think that helps in the same way that it didn't help Liverpool when they constantly went on us about us being their bogey team I don't know what sort of message he was trying to send by saying that or whether it's some kind of false tricking karma by pretending that he thought they were a good team when they weren't yeah, it's very that obvious how, how Sunderland were going to play it's very yeah. obvious and then and Sam Allardyce said that in the afternoon on Sky Sports he, we're coming for a point we're going to try and frustrate him they completely stymied us by playing an extra centre back and it seemed to throw everyone into complete confusion They they and it's not like they just sat back all the time as they left they, they virtually played two up front there was mm. plenty of space there. And, and if their back five are sitting deep then it's up to someone in the midfield the thing that's most disappointing for me last night was that all night I'm just waiting for Kabai to get hold of that game and just go right it was mm. not working down the flanks and it wasn't there was nothing coming down no. the flanks and when Yannick and Will were off their game they looked so ordinary and it was quite clear that there was nothing coming down there Suarez neglected his defensive duties all night and then attempted to help out down the flank someone Kabai should have just got hold of that game and said right we've got to do something different mm. then we've got to drive forward from midfield it's the sort of game you want Johnny Williams or someone like that just getting the ball and driving out there. it just didn't happen it's just and James is absolutely right. It, we started off like we were the Harlem Globetrotters, and that we were going to eventually score, and something would happen. And it's just, it just didn't happen. It was just too many flicks and tricks, and it's just you, you've got to learn it. You have to earn the right to beat those. I think we and... were a little bit unlucky in the second half uh, with Sacco's injury because obviously yeah. he came on yeah. at half time for Punchin, and he looked actually okay. Second half, had that one shot that yeah. curled right, a couple yeah. of good crosses. He then went off injured, so you do think had he stayed on, might potentially have been we might have been a bit more sort of cutthroat than we were. Yeah. But then we had yeah. Shamak and uh, Bamford come on. Who I mean, Shamak's been out for a while, looked okay, yeah. but didn't really offer much, and yeah. neither did Bamford. But in this scenario, is it a case of just changing it up completely, or or, or is that too kind of uh, cavalier well, or too I think, straightforward? I think the phrase James used before mm. we went on air. Bad day at the office. Just, just put it down. I think it's just a bad day. I just have to put it, put it down to experience. And just, I don't think you can read too much into it. No, I think you I just have to hope. But having said that, there was something odd. Just right from the start, getting in the ground, it was odd. The atmosphere was odd. So a lot of people around us refused to, to, to applaud the, the French national anthem. Wouldn't get involved. That was causing problems. It's just something weird about the atmosphere all night. The fact that a lot of people didn't get in until quite late because of the searches. Atmosphere is flat. Well, I sense that it? complacency in the stands. I think yes. it was yeah, last yeah, night yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the same way, it, it looked like um, the team expected just to be able to to win by playing triangles in their own half. Yeah. So too, the fans probably turn up thinking Sunderland are terrible and individually, we will them. individually yeah. they're not great. Yeah. But if if you play as predictably as Palace did last night, yeah. where you're trying to whip in balls from deep wide areas yeah. against three huge men in Quartas, Kabul yeah. uh, and O'Shea, they're going to clear everything up. Kabul won 13 out of 13 aerial duels last night. Wow. Well, yeah. Good start. That, that, there you go. I, I did well, tell you I came armed with good them. Good start. Came armed with them. And the one thing that you're going to be able to do, do, do with those guys is this, if you, as soon as you win the ball back, look to attack very, very quickly and look to actually try and unsettle them before they've all managed to get back into position, yeah. then you've got a chance against them. But if yeah. you allow them to sit as deep as they want and yeah. just to deal with balls from wide areas, they'll, they'll eat that sort of stuff up. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we look... The, the one thing that Leicester have so far this season, right, is that every time they've won the ball back, immediately they're on the break. They're all looking to attack with pace. They're all looking to support the man in possession. 
sometimes they're looking for the direct out ball to just try and get Vardy in, try and get someone in. And they look dangerous on the break because of it. Against the lesser teams, we don't look dangerous no. on the break. We do against, you know, your, your United's the and teams, your Liverpool's yeah. and your bigger teams who are prepared to commit eight men ahead of the ball at times. But against the smaller teams who are never going to commit their centre-backs ahead of the halfway line and whose full-backs won't really always bomb on, it, it just looks a little bit one-paced. But, but I felt we'd, we'd dealt with that the West Brom game because I thought that was the first time because we've talked about this for two seasons that West Brom we just passed them off the pitch we just waited we moved the ball about you know, and it looked sometimes without it looked like it was going anywhere but Pardew was absolutely right he knew that by 75 minutes he'd be exhausted and I just thought we'd do the same thing last night but we didn't We just it's like we hadn't learned any lessons from, from the way we'd done it before because it's exactly how West Brom played against us it, it well, also looks it also showed to me how I know that every team has to go through the international break, but it does show how much the international break does affect teams. Well, because we'd lost, we'd lost that momentum. You know, we'd really lost well, the momentum that we'd had. If the same, yeah, pattern, you know. if it's the same pattern, then we'll lose to Newcastle because every time we've had an international break, we've won the game before it and lost the two games after it. Okay, well, so, every, should not bother doing the next problem. The, the, the fact is, the thing is, though, but all, you're right about the international oh, yeah, break. Yeah. But, they all, but I mean, also, what it did, it all gave, teams have got to go through. It's yeah, not just us. It gave Allard, but, what it did was give Allardyce another week. To prepare his, his team. defenders yeah. because they haven't got that many players on the international, so he was working. But it wasn't rocket science what they did differently. No, not at all. But I felt obviously Wickham. I thought it was slightly odd to start with Wickham already, but there's no point having to go at Wickham like people were because no. I, I didn't think there was any sense of what his role was supposed to be because sometimes he was trying to play like Shamak and with his back to all to go and coming deep and linking up with, and then. What he was, what he never was, was a proper centre forward, like you say. He never won any balls that were hoisted high up in the air. But also, he never had a chance to. Again, how many times can we not get crosses in? Oh, We've the, got a big cross like Wickham. Time. If we know that Wickham is good in the air, at least try and get some crosses that he can that are in front of him. That he can that he can try and battle with the centre back to win. Nothing, not one. I can't, I can't think of one cross that went in. Sort of behind the centre backs for him to run onto. It's it's fair point. I, so, I saw someone on Twitter earlier saying everyone's moaning about striker, 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 but name me. Any clear-cut chances no, that were created no. for any striker? No, no, they weren't any. No, they weren't, and it, was, it certainly wasn't Wickham's fault. He didn't, he didn't look fit. He worked really hard, but you, you couldn't sense what why he was in there, other than the fact that he used to play for Sunderland and that possibly that might get him a goal. But, but what, so why don't Palace, why don't Palace seem to have kind of a, a plan B when we're playing against teams like this? Well, we, we don't seem we, to try and change it up or do anything. We else. have had to under Pardew, We've often yeah. said on this pod he's been great at changing things during games, changing, and, and, changing and has, personnel, but, 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 but not yeah, necessarily no, yes, system. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. But I'm surprised at half time he didn't think right. It's not working. They've got five at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There isn't just a bus. There. There's a fleet of buses yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? We've got to get past them. Yeah. But he didn't. I'm really surprised he didn't. Well, he did the, bring Sacco on. He did bring Sacco on. And it was like for like, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It, well, it wasn't really because then Sacco and Balassi were just sort of doubling up next to each other. Because I mean, no one had a good game of punching. It was just so aimless in the first half. It's just, and I, as I thought, we all did as soon as we saw Sacco because Sacco came out early, didn't we? And I think everybody thought Wickham wouldn't be coming out. Yeah. And that seemed to be the more obvious thing to do because it just make it more mobile. They'd start. That then Balassi, Zahar and, and Sacco would start moving about, changing positions, but but no, it's just not. And, and there so was I, none of the fluidity that we've seen up front, yeah. where they're all interchange. You're not quite sure who's going to be where. They're just in and out, in and out. But that's what you get from confidence. There was no confidence in the team last night. I thought the, the same right, thing right you, from the start, which I was really surprised. Was really Suarez, surprised. Suarez, he loves loves bombing. Last weekend, Suarez bomb, been bombing yeah, forward, yeah. whacking balls in. Every time he went forward yesterday, he was looking for someone else. Yeah, like, well, oh, I don't want to cross this one. Also, his control, so many throw-ins we can see with his control, and and Balassi, someone's got to get hold of Balassi and tell him every single defender in the Premier League has seen him do that thing where he drags his foot across the top of the ball and drags. They know what he's. Yeah. They're in the top-class defenders. You know, it's the same as oh, we they got to, they got to do something different. Those two, even if it's just getting back to knocking the ball past the defender mm. and using speed, or, or just trying, it's just not working. It's just and it's just become showboating for the sake of it, with no with no effect. And against West Brom, Zaha, you know, they had a Brom was playing left back, wherever it was. Zaha yeah. had him on touch. It was like just and last night it kept. You know, I, in a strange sort of way, the person we missed last night was Kelly. I thought it was incredibly harsh to drop him actually after I a good performance because Kelly didn't, doesn't try and play football he defends and also all the time last night Zaha was waiting for for Joel Ward to get up to him all the time I don't and, think Ward I don't think Ward's good enough at the moment and he's not he just didn't look Ward didn't look fit and all the time he was waiting and it's just 
Zaha was virtually stopping. So the momentum was stopping both ways. Balassi was waiting for Suarez to get ahead of him, and so it's, it's too easy to defend that. Yeah. And it's the same with Ward. Ward was getting up. You know, every, and it's good to see him going forward, but it, literally Zaha was putting his foot on the ball, waiting for him to get up there. And when Kelly's playing right back, Kelly's just defensive, it, whatever he does. Yeah. And they get on with attacking without him. And it's like sometimes not everybody has to join in, not everybody has to play football. And last night they were all, Dan and Delaney were all looking to get their foot on the ball and play football, which is great. If you're 3 0 up, fine. But earn the right to do that, first of all. And like you say, Sunderland were just pesky all the time. Oh, yeah, they were jiggling. They were doing all the gamesmanship. Yeah, yeah, but but it worked for them. It was great. I mean, it was a good performance for Sunderland. You expect that. They're not a great team, but it was a good performance. You'd expect us to do that if we were. Exactly. In, the, in the bottom three to get anything to get a point they would have been delighted well with that's the point. what we were, were doing two years ago yeah, they're that's a exactly terrible, how we played two years they're ago they're a terrible team yeah. whoever they play next they'll go into their next game full of confidence and get battered yeah. but they, I don't think they could believe how, how little we, we pressured them last night so was, it, was, was last night a reality check in a way I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a reality check or just like James says it's just a bad day in the office you remember the whole game last year in the West Brom game both were just as bad it, it just indicates that Probably tenth in the Premier League. It's about right. That's where we are, and that's not a bad thing. It's just that we've had yeah. such a good start to the season, and I don't think I don't think there was any Palace fan who wasn't looking at the league table, going, "Well, we'll be fifth or sixth." You no, know, Tottenham playing West Ham, looking at the goals going in, going, "Great, that we're in their goal difference. We'll go above them." It just didn't. I didn't. Didn't occur to me. But you just have to look and think. There's a lot of Premier League teams who've got better players than we have, and you've got. They've got. A, they just got to bring somebody in and they've got to freshen it up I know we had a 10 million bid turned down for the, lad, the sporting Lisbon striker Islami Slimani 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 it's an anagram of Islami isn't it yes, yeah, yeah, it is yeah, yeah Slimani um, and I, I, again I'd be amazed if we didn't go in frosted but we've got we just need some creativity in there. That's, that's the disappointment I keep saying it kept coming back to me last night with Kabai because he's just such a creative midfield player and it's just I know MacArthur had one effort where he drove forward and shot, mm. but apart from that, there's nothing coming from the centre of midfield. There's no creativity, there's no different ball, there's no different angle, there's no nothing going inside the but fullback. It, it's but all... it was just what one game. Yeah, uh, no, it was I just agree. that one I, game. Yeah. I don't think we should get ourselves no, too despondent, no, no, no. Which, which you're not, but I'm just no. it's reiterating. More it's more frustrating. It's just for, that's what, that's the, for, for me, that's that's the buzzword of this pod. Yeah. yeah. Frustration. Frustration. Well, coming off the Liverpool, we, look, we either. either. Everybody. Yeah, everybody saw how well Liverpool played against Man City and Liverpool were yeah. a joy to, hats off to them a joy to watch but that's the same team apart from Benteke that we beat hmm. two weeks ago and deserved to win basically so it's just like you struggle to comprehend how a team can do that and then lose to that well, does, it, does it prove Andy that actually you know, we're all talking about how far Palace have come this season but actually there's still quite a lot of things to work on in that squad well it's the cliche right that there's no easy games in the Premier League and I know it's said yeah, by no, just about true. every media outlet yeah, and every yeah, 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 and us every week yeah, yeah. but you know you, you're going to find a difficult match even against the Sunderland even in, in poor form even with some fairly poor players in, the, in their squad you're always going to get a physical battle and it was probably a reminder that you can't just turn up against those sort of teams it's interesting that, that Kevin mentioned the West Brom game because I, I think you know you're looking at a match there where but for Genuinely not far off a world class performance from Wolf Zaha. That game perhaps is is not that far different from from the Sunderland match. You know, it would have continued to be incredibly frustrating. Um, it no. took us till quite late in, in in that game to actually end up eking out the goal. You know, it's, it's thin margins in the but Premier more, League. No, there was more purpose to that West Brom game, and there was more. You believed Pardew when he said that the plan was to move West Brom about, move their defenders about, and get. Them but why couldn't we, we just, do that on Monday night then? Because you can't. If they're human, they're human beings. Um, Simple as that. We all have some podcasts are not as good as others. You know what I mean? Well, you, you, you know, FBA nominated. So well, yeah, but it's yeah, yeah, no, but, you, know, true, yeah. you bring <laughs> you bring Wickham back in, so it's a, someone else. It's someone for the players to get used to. Let's not um, let's not forget that Sunderland did what they did very effectively, and the, the, the bottom line still is that that's a team that concedes goals for fun, and we couldn't score against them. And you just have to hope that it inspires because Newcastle will have looked at that and, mm. and thought well we can do that then yeah. Saturday exactly. and Newcastle pos- arguably are a better side than Sunderland with, and with more goal scorers in their team I think that, that might suit us a bit more playing against Newcastle because they're going to come with the, the usual sort of tune arrogance thinking that they'll be able to play us off the park which hopefully might leave the sort of space that we'll be able to exploit I mean, I think it's it's probably a lesson for us and a lesson for Pardew that we're probably not going to beat any teams particularly well this season if, if we just pass in front of them 
But you part know, of you were saying last season, midway through the end of last season, if that midway through the end yeah. of the season, that we need to work out how to play teams at home yeah. that come against us. Mm. And we're now eight months down the line and, and it's exactly the same scenario. So and why our, hasn't our, anything changed? And the fact is, our home form, and I know we've played good teams, but it's a cause for concern at home form. It really is. Because we can't keep winning away games. It's simple as that because it's that, we can't keep relying on that away form. We've got to sort that home form. Well, out. Pardew's now to... been in charge for nearly a season of home yeah. games. Like he's eight, eighteen and yeah. he's won five yeah. out of those eighteen. Five out of eighteen. Yeah. At, good at start. home, which is is not great. Yeah. Yeah. What's the away? What's the away stat? Very good. Yeah, so, <laughs> very good. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's twelve out of sort of seventeen second, or something. Second most successful yeah, it's Premier League team over that over a Another interesting stat. We've we've only we've. Uh, whenever we go behind, we don't end up coming back now. Like no, we've gone behind in twelve right, matches, yeah, yeah. and only once come back to, and, and to win on his the first game, and that was against, against, Spurs. against Spurs. Spurs. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's uh, an element there that perhaps that goes back to what we're saying that you know we're not able to particularly well change up the yeah. approach when we go behind. And it seems in yesterday yeah, there was a tiny bit more urgency, but it all looked a little bit sort of comedy capers, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. There didn't seem to be a, a lot in the way of a sort of coherent plan to mm. even that late on. Try and break them down aside from you know throw forward Dan and hoist some balls into the box which hadn't yeah. been working up to that point anyway. But also, so where's where's the difference looking at the bench? You, you've got no, there's no way of changing. There's no different sort of player on the there's bench. No plan B. Well, yeah, essentially, no plan B. And I, I just I just generally think, and I'm going to say this in the hope that it will have the same effect as it did last time I said it. But they got Velasquez got to have a rest. I said that before Liverpool game and I was Actually made to against look, uh, Newcastle and I was made to look an idiot. That's, that's partly why I'm saying it but he's got to have a rest and I don't yeah. understand why out of all of them Balassi is the one that Pardew simply refuses to, to mm. try and play without because he's tried playing without all the others and it's just The whole thing about Balassi is it's that element of surprise against the opposition but you know but it's that's I mean, I know it was only one game, and are they getting found out now? Oh, they're getting found out. Yeah, and also, not. I think it's what Kev was saying earlier on that they they've almost got this one trick that they just keep yeah. doing over and over again. Well, you were going to say the decision making. I was going to say one positive thing. It was great to see the return of Shamak. Yes, yes, it was. That was a positive thing. Yes. Well, and and I suppose a lot of our issues that we've been talking about come from the fact that Punchin hasn't been in particularly good form in number no. 10. You know, the reason no, no. that mm, Kabai no. and MacArthur look so deep and so isolated at the base of the midfield is because Punchin hasn't been doing brilliant in, yeah. in terms of linking up that area of midfield and linking up whoever's in attack. Maybe with Shemak back Shemak now, back, he can yeah. potentially yeah. play in that number 10 role. Shemak back. Shemak back. Shemak back. Shemak back. Shemak back give, give Punch, who is undoubtedly class, a bit of a rest, but... Have somebody can come in and show a bit of dynamism in that role. Hopefully, yeah. we might now hopefully, see a bit more chance creation. By the time we get to the new year and we, you know, everybody's scrambling around in the January window. Hopefully, Shamak will, be, you know, get his fitness yeah. back and just just that fight, just that fight for places as well. You know, we had it yeah. a little bit with MacArthur and Ledley and. Um, Speaking you know, of, I wouldn't be surprised to see Shamak start on Saturday because. He's got a bit of devil in him as well, Shamak. Yeah, he's got he's got that sort of. Kabai. And he wants to prove he really he wants, wants to prove. Yeah, also, yeah, you yeah. can see when he came on yesterday, slightly not quite there, but you could see in his eyes. He, he just, I want to get. This, but I we talked. Do we, yeah, yeah. we talked about what a loss he was after that Swansea game because he the last few games of the season he was just he wasn't scoring goals, mm. but in terms of creativity, in terms of also what he does. Wins the ball really high up the He really puts pressure mm. on the centre backs. He really yeah. puts mm. pressure on them. You can't play out with them there. And he never wastes the ball. His, his creativity is passing. And I think if you get him and Kabai linking up, and then if you can get the ball, just what you need is you need Sahara and Balassi to be running so many times last night. Virtually every time they get the ball to their feet. Mm. And they've got to start generate their own yeah, momentum they or their weight of the yeah. ward. And what they need is people pass, putting balls mm. inside full backs for them to run onto. Yeah. yeah. And not give them time to think. You give Balassians a hard time to think, and they mess up. They mess up, <laughs> and yeah. they just sometimes they have to work get, on instinct, don't they? Just sometimes get the cross in the first time, just hit the cross. Which and, we've and seen in previous games as well. Keep yeah, and, and, and absolutely. And also the thing with Shamak is he will get in the box as well. And again, yeah. so many times last night, you look up, and I'm sure Zahara oh, and Balassi will say screaming. it's not our fault because there's no one, to, there's no, there's no one getting in the box. But but, but yeah, away at Liverpool on match of the day, they highlighted there was a moment towards the end before we equalised. We had six players in their box. Yeah. Away from home, we had six yeah. players getting. But at home, they just seem really reluctant to commit themselves forward for some reason. I, I don't. There's, a, there's, there's, I don't an atmosphere, understand there's, there's something about that home form. There is, there is and also again, you know, God love Jedi. He's one of those players in a situation like that. You think at least Jedi, he would get the ball, he would drive it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Ledley used to do. Last season, Ledley was making those runs into the box. Yeah, that's just what. Just need something to lift him. It was just we just need to get the first goal in a game because if we got the first goal last night, we would have. We'd have got four or five. Well, I like to see all the stats are on us yeah. getting first goals. 
We tend um, to win. Good. Yeah. Good. Thanks for that, Andy. <laughs> Thanks. That's good. Good. Um, good stat, Andy. That's all right. But Newcastle, on, yeah, Newcastle. I mean, they got they were terrible against Leicester and yeah. at, at the back. They got real problems in centre midfield. So we, well, we need crossed. to get. But if, well, it is. But the problem is, it's that's put the pressure on. Them. It shouldn't be any pressure on them because we're mid-table in the Premier League. But the fans, I'll be interested to see what the atmosphere is like at the start of the game on Saturday because I think it's going to be quite muted. Well, let, let's let's really? preview Newcastle at the end of the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's good. That'll be interesting that's, to talk about tradition. that. Um, that was good. First part. Part two. We've got questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. Uh, welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. Hey! Oh, oh, sponsored oh. by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and it's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global brand research consultancy from South London. Uh, right, we've got questions from our listeners uh, for this week. The first one comes from Michael Casey. Hello, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Michael says, I've recently started seeing a Macam lass. Oh. What's your best suggestion on getting her to shut up about Monday night? Uh, stop seeing the Macam lass. Yeah. Get, extreme. get a time machine and replay the game. Tell her there's a Greg's around the corner and she'll be out the door like a flash. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Tell her, tell her she sounds exactly like a Geordie. Until it's only 12 miles down the road and they should grow up about... She should just do what I do with my Macamates and Open Day. Just look up the, the date of the return fixture at the Stadium yeah. of Light and, you know, make, make them aware of the fact that it will again be 4-1 at the Stadium of Light. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, just fill them with uh, a sense of impending doom. Having okay. said that, hope, let's hope you enjoy your relationship and we wish you all the best for the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah. makes for good in a relationship yeah. like impending doom. Yeah, or a Sunderland accent. Macam and Tuckam. Right. Uh, next question comes from. And they say Hawaii the lads. They get cross about that as well because yeah. one of them says Hawaii the lads and the other say Hawaii the lads. Yeah. Oh, well, there's people starving in Africa. You dicks. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Stephen Rich. Oh, hi, hi Stephen. Rich. Says, is it simply a coincidence that Punchin's form has regressed since the arrival of Kabai? That's a good uh, question. Good question. It's probably not a coincidence, no. No, I, I. I think I think it's I don't think it's anything to do with the way we play football more than the fact that I think Punchin's nose is a little bit out of joint that he's not also it's kind of it's really hard to pin down what if you said what position does Punchin play in what does he it's really hard to sort of pin down what well he was definitely in number 10 last season wasn't he he was sort of floating a little bit deeper now and swapping occasionally all over the place do you know I I think there's an argument for maybe if Balassi's rested Play punch because he's such an on intelligent the on the wing. Because he's such an intelligent. Started forward. the season off that way. He didn't did, he? yeah, and he's such an intelligent player. But he's something. He's not. Whether he's not top dog or whether he's been told that he hasn't got that responsibility, I, I don't know. But clearly, he's also been told not to do that much tackling back because he's not. He's not. Well, we had those coded comments from uh, Pardew a couple of, of weeks back yeah. about Kabai being easily the highest earner. Yeah, and, and deservedly. If players come up to me, and, and it just seemed like a bit yeah. weird at the Very time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to link it to any specific players, but you do sometimes wonder the effect that bringing someone in who earns so much more than everyone else yeah. might have upon some of the slightly more fragile ego shall we say in the dressing room I, I wouldn't like to speculate any further than that because obviously I don't know what goes on there well that's that's interesting because uh, and I know probably we'll get in trouble for saying this but he did actually say Delaney did say on the pod that he he didn't care I think if you've got players that aren't that know they're not as good as Kabai they won't be bothered by his wages but somebody like Punchin who clearly has a high opinion of his ability probably it might unsettle him a little bit but Again, it's, it's more the fact that everything used to go through him. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, went yeah, through him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was he was the person that made things happen. Took much. the free kicks. Took, took the free, free kicks. All yeah. that. Whereas now yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. go through him. He's there. He should be playing. You know, I think he should be. He should step up to the mark and become more of a supporting role for Kabai. But yeah. you think he's better when he, he's the man. Maybe, I think maybe he is, that's yeah. what he feels. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think maybe that's what he feels. I don't think best. I think he'd be as good if he just got his head in a different mindset. But I I wouldn't be surprised if Punchins one that goes in the close season in January well, in, well, in January yeah really? I just don't I'd be I surprised think, that if I just same. think well yeah but I, I I just think gradually as each week goes by he's not I think it's interesting that he was the one that was taken off last night cause, and at half time taken and at mm. half time and Sacco's not like for like and there was a moment in the first half where he had a sort of half hearted shot from the end of the box and then just didn't even bother to sort of go for the rebound he's just his shoulder he's not mm. 
I don't, don't know where it's come from. He's always start, always started off a bit, hasn't he? Well, he's, I mean, he is then. one of, by by reputation. He's a he's a he's a hard player to manage by reputation, yeah. and he's, he's he is in and out. But at the moment, he's very much out, out. And, and I can't see him starting on. Saturday to be perfectly Well, honest, can I offer you this then from Joe Podsiadley? Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe Podsiadley. Yeah, uh, we, we hope that's pronounced right. Uh, yeah, apologies if not. Uh, Joe apologies says, should we be setting up differently for home games against low half opposition, perhaps giving Kabai a chance to go further forward? I think that's, that's something exactly, that we've yeah. considered. Kev's, yeah. Kev's already yeah. answered that question yeah. without even knowing what the question without, was. That's yeah. how good he is. That's so, how yeah, Kev is on podcasts. I, th- I think... I'm slightly not Mr. I I didn't think we bought Kabai to play as deep as he has done. No, to be perfectly honest, he's very I, deep last, yeah, last night. And I I think I think that's a very good question. I think the answer is yes. We should, we we need to get Kabai into the game more. He's a he's a top, he's one of the best footballers we've we've bought. Mm. And at the moment, we don't see him playing a lot of football because he's it's it's you know he's brilliant. He's got his great interception figures and his great tackling figures, but. I, that's not what we paid the money for. Yeah. For I don't think mm. not when we've got already got Ledley and MacArthur and and Jedinak who can do that. If that's what you want him for, it's a lot of money to pay for a, a destructive midfield. Tell you what, he, he took some terrible corners last night as well. If, yeah, he did. Some of those corners that yeah. took last well, night. Well, I started punching as well. well to be fair. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, but yeah. our, our dead ball delivery from corners and free kicks has been poor for two seasons, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. You two couldn't have been more like Statler and Ward off there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just pointing that one out. Terrible. That's a great. That's a great compliment. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, the next question comes from Z Row. Oh, hi Z. Hi Z. Good name. Uh, do we rely too much on our fast wingers? I think so. Oh, there's more of a question but you okay, can, you no, can no, 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 no 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 please I don't want to you know interject too soon if there's uh, more from well he's put I know it's supposedly the Palace style but is it a wee bit obvious when well, Allardyce plays five yeah. at the back yeah. do we not need another way whatever yeah. that may be I need a plan B yeah I, com- I completely agree you know as, 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 as I said earlier I think you know if you're just going to sling in balls from wide areas and deep against very yeah. tall physical centre-backs you're going to not create a great deal it's, it's an incredibly inefficient way to play football and I was, I was struck last night particularly by how slow off the mark both Balassi and Zaha were both when immediately after we lost the ball but immediately after we regained yeah, the ball yeah. in both instances they weren't busting the gut to get back to yeah. support their full backs but they also weren't busting the gut to give an early out ball to yeah. you know, try and support the man who had gone up in possession was ahead of them or anything like that so um, you know, it's all very good putting in a couple of step overs and, and slinging a ball in, but it's, it's rarely ever going to create a lot of goals. So no, I, I think Z has uh, has some good points. Wing, wing play can be really exciting. Like QPR was a classic example we always mention. Really exciting wing play leading to goals against West Brom. Wing play was. It's, I mean, it can be very effective, but you need somebody who's lightning fast who can beat the fullback every time. And then even when Balassi Zaha can do that, you need somebody. It's, and we come back to it time and time again and make the right decision in, in terms of crossing, shooting, pulling mm. it back or whatever. And, and yes, their options are limited, but how many pods are we going to keep standing on? Mm. And and yeah, the, and even thinking about the goal Balassi scored at Liverpool, that only came about because Liverpool were tossing about in their own. We didn't create that goal. Yeah. You know, it, Yannick just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So it's like, similarly to Scott Dangle, you know, it comes from a corner yeah, that yeah, he's, yeah. he's great yeah. at attacking, but you can't always rely upon no. defenders losing Scott Dan and goalkeepers messing yeah. up with with the first attempt at a save like Mignolet did so yeah we very much need a, either a plan B plan C or different personnel on the bench to, to carry on with plan A basically um, speaking of which uh, the next question comes from Chris Emmanuel oh hi Chris, oh, Chris hi Chris Emmanuel. he's put uh, good, good uh, films from the 70s yeah great oh carry on oh, oh Emmanuel she was Emmanuel, yeah. what a lovely Emmanuel 3 was good yeah carry uh, on yeah Chris has put <laughs> is Joel Ward now the weak link in our back line he was caught out a number of times yeah. on Monday night I think so yes yeah. is that fair I think, uh, yes I do think he's a weak link I mean Kev said it earlier on I think he, we missed Mike last night when I left the ground last night my son said to me he goes I know I shouldn't say this because he's everybody loves him but I don't think we sh- I don't think we should be playing Ward at the moment he's not I mean, he's been out for he's been out for a while. while. I'm not saying he's terrible. I just think no, he's clearly a class player. I don't. I think that's it. Used to be the left back was the weak link, wasn't it? And I think it's the right back now. Well, I think we all said last night in the Porsons beforehand when the team was announced. That's pretty much. Other pubs uh, in the area are available. By no, they're not. Yeah, no, no, they're not. Absolutely not. <laughs> they're not. But we I just happened to be there when this story happened. But 
I think most of us thought that's pretty much our first eleven. Yeah, my story is that. But certainly, that's, everyone thought well, that's our first eleven. There's certainly our first choice back four. But I think, with hindsight, as Street says, it's really harsh on Kelly mm-hmm. to be dropped. I agree. And, and, I agree. But it, it's really difficult with defenders because, like a striker, you can give them half an hour or bring them off the bench. It's harder to do that with defenders. You can't sort of play them back into the game. But mm. he just didn't look fit last night, and he was being asked. The reason he was stuffing defensively is because obviously he's been asked to go forward all the time as well. And if the players just got back in the team, it's going to be exhausting, I imagine. And then when the young guy comes on, Ward, yeah, Ward is very pacey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he looked shattered last time. night. Yeah. Well, I thought, I thought they were targeting Ward. I do as well. From about half an hour in and then into the second half, it looked like that guy out on the left, it looked like they were trying to get the ball beyond as much as possible well, speaking of in. injuries or players not quite fit David Fraser hello David, David. Hi, David says is the expectation on players returning from injury always a bit too high Wickham Shemak it's a really good question that's a great very question very yeah and I think I probably think, is yeah to be honest yeah I think there's a tendency to believe that they're going to be like a magic wand that, that it's like always oh, buying a new player but well, there is that thing you 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 can be fit, you can be fit, yeah. and you can be fit. But it's there's a thing is when people say match fit, yeah. and there's a massive difference. Yeah. You can be fit and you can run around for ninety minutes, but be match fit is not just running around; it's tackling, it's it's thinking, yeah, yeah. it's being on it's being on the on the case, it's well, being there is, aware. There's also doing that in training and stuff. Yeah, but it's still a different level. But, but obviously, different. I mean, obviously, the manager sees something in training, which is why they pick them. But there's also an element of of, of confidence as well when a player has been out injured for a long time. It's going to take a while before he goes in for tackles with as much confidence as he used to have, especially for a defender. And I think I'm surprised that Wickham started the game last night. I'm not quite sure what the the logic was because he's never been. I mean, what did he score eleven times in sixty-seven for Sunderland? Some of those were in the championship. Yeah, he's never been an out-and-out goal scorer. So. It, uh, you know, it, it, if Gale's out injured, you could you could see the argument for putting him straight back in because at least he can score goals at that level and he's got pace. But Wickham seems a strange one to put straight back in and say he's going to get us the goals that we can. The interview that Wickham gave in one of the papers at the weekend, which is very interesting and articulate, he's just singing really, really singing Pardew's praises, yeah. saying I'll play for England with Pardew as my manager. I've never played with a better manager. And, like well that's nice but I, I also think I think you mentioned in the first part I think a lot of it was we have to play Wickham because we are playing against his old club uh, yeah, and yeah. I think there's a lot of that you know, yeah. players want to prove themselves against his yeah. old club I think so he, I can understand that he's putting a bit of a hide into nothing by Pardew both with the fact that the defence was at, at times going so direct with that sort of diagonal long ball yeah. into him but against three huge centre backs and he wasn't getting a lot of mm. sort of you know support from anywhere yeah. else physically or yeah. in terms of getting close to him or, and he just looked incredibly isolated because of it. I think, you know, for him and for everyone else, it was just one of those sort of he days was, at the office. He was totally up for it because he, the, almost the first, within the yeah, first yeah, 10, yeah. 10 yeah. seconds of the game, he ran to get the ball to the. the they they took the, the start of the game and That's they right. went back to their right back, and he was like a lightning and he went out for the throw. Just like, yeah, go on. You thought, yeah. wow, he's up for it. But it, might be, for it, it might be as well that Wickham's one of those players that you want. Away from home because you said when he came on at Anfield, yeah. it's excellent. The, yeah. And the ball because then he's, he's playing up front on his own probably, and the ball doesn't come back as quick as he holds the ball up and brings people into play. But it's like last night he just didn't seem to know what his role was, and that's why Shamak as well. Shamak Shamak's got a lot of experience and he's street smart as well. Shamak Shamak will give those centre backs real. He's all elbows and slide kicks and what we want to have sort of roughing them up. And yeah, I just thought something. What we want to happen yeah. is we want to get the stadium redeveloped as soon as possible, so we have to play all our games away. Yeah, from yeah. Park. Good idea. Yeah. On Wickham, though, on Wickham, that, that was only his fifth or sixth game for Palace. We're talking yeah. about a guy that oh, barely yeah, played I, I, for the club. That's right, it's really unfair for everybody to have a go at him last night. The people t- tweeting it was his fault. That's ludicrous. You've got to let him have time to. But I, but I just thought it would have made more sense to let him have another half hour of this game. But again, I suppose it's not an impact, so, but it's just, you know. Mm, but as yeah. it, it clearly, Pardew really, really rates yeah. it, clearly. Speaking of but, the stadium, but again, you know, yeah. maybe, do you know what? It's so old fashioned and we won't see it, but, well, you know, why not? If, even when Gales fit, try Wickham and Gales, try that yeah. combination. We're, we're, we're talking about plan B's, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the stadium plans, uh, Danny Boy. Hello, Danny. Hi, Danny. says, uh, boys, what is your take on the US investment plans? I've seen this recently that we're potentially getting some. Investment from American businessmen. Well, I mean, realistically, we're never going to accumulate the cash just by being in the Premier League to build a new stadium because yeah. football has cost so much. There's just not going to be the surplus money for that. The the four you've got in charge now don't want to risk their entire net worth to, yeah. to pay for it all on their own. The only option they've got then is either selling the club 
outright, which they don't seem to want to do at their own, or getting other investors involved. So, I mean, from that perspective, I suppose it was it's, it seems to make sense. It's the only sort of solution that will allow them to still stay in charge and to hopefully upgrade Selhurst. I just, I personally really hope it's not uh, sort of a pathway to them not being involved at all in it, an outright sale to mm. the two American yeah, chaps. Yeah, not because I've got anything against them and not because I've got anything against Americans whatsoever. I just personally like the fact that we're owned by sort of four Palace fans. They're all sort of pretty local to the club. Some of them have been going for years and years and years and sort of know what it means. Um, I'm not saying that anyone who isn't from you know close to Palace and sports club doesn't know what it means as much as people who who come from close to that area. But it just seems nice when you, when you've got a club that's got that sort of close cultural link to its community to have some owners who, who've still got that. So yeah, definitely, you know, I'd, I'd like to hope we could retain that. I think from what I can gather, talking to people, that the the, the co-owners are so excited about what's happening at the club that they they want to stay part of it for as long as possible and they want to retain ownership of the club and I think part of the delay in the negotiations with the Americans was was just that in that trying to come up with a, a figure sufficient for the Americans to be involved with the club but not to make the, the decisions I, I suppose the way it's being sold it, it's, a, it's a win-win you can't argue with a massive amount of investment that They've said they will spend on both the infrastructure and on players, and at the same time we retain the ownership. And I think we all agree with what Andy just said so articulately about retaining our our roots and our cultural uh, identity. And I think the four owners are, are very very keen to do that. And I think I think they've identified that this is the only way, apart from selling the club, in which in which they can, we can carry on. And, and to be, I mean, I like Salas Park, but to be fair, it, you know, it could do with a wash and brush up. Let's face yeah. it, on a new stand. And if some of that money is going to be available in January for for quality players, then then that's great. I mean, it, we've we've had this discussion before. It'll always our generation of fans will always be slightly more worried about things like this than younger fans who've only known the Premier League who don't have that same sort of cultural attachment that we have who haven't been through those dreadful days when it was 50 of us in an away game yeah. and which for some reason makes us all misty eyed with nostalgia rather than going <laughs> let's never go back there again but once you've been part of that you don't mm. you don't want that to be airbrushed out of history in the yeah. way the Premier League has airbrushed the rest of mm. but football out of history only five years ago we've yeah, yeah, that's right that's well. right but, yeah, but already there is a new generation of fans like my godson who's, who's 15 16, 17, whatever it is. If it's just, no, if it's just <laughs> turned close, 15, aren't you? Just turned 15, but you know, he's only known really the last five. You know, and and the young people forget the bad oh, yeah, times. So, yeah. so, but there is so that's the balancing act the club have to do. But I think this is a good way of of keeping both sides up because it's, it's it is a lot of money. And the fact is, we want to do well in the Premier League. We want to keep getting better, but we we need some better players than we have got and, and it is really exciting and it is brilliant because you wake up this morning a bit sulky but you look at the league table and you realise it's the Premier League we're in the middle of yeah exactly Yeah. and yeah. you realise where we were five years ago and again yeah. the young people go for God's sake they're going on about five years ago no, but, but it's it important, is, it is it's important. important. Everything, everything the club does at the moment and that's why I like Steve Parrish the fact that he keeps reminding us of that everything the club does is about making sure we never go back to that to that Everything and you t- and the fact is that we're not in a situation anymore. Yeah, we talk about players like Mickey Droy and Alan Lee. We talk with sentiment. Yeah, we talk about players. There's a real sentimentality about Palace fans and every club. But you can't have that if you want to do well in, in the Premier League. You just have to go. You know, Jason Punch has been brilliant, but if we can get a better player. We get a better player. Speak for yourself. I bring Stuart O'Keefe back in a heartbeat. Well, yeah, yeah. but that's exactly. The sort, do you know yeah. what I mean? That's the sort of player we wax lyrical. But you tend to they're the players you. Well, that's you why talk they're about cult the heroes yeah, and not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. legends yeah, of yeah. yeah, and it's like Damien Delaney is, for example. But he'd probably be the first one himself to say, if the club needs to go forward, then of course they need to buy better players. It's yeah. a lot of money, but it's money that Palace need if they're going to go to that next. Yeah, level. and it, and it's to the next level. Yeah, yeah, and, and the next level is not Europe. The next no, no, level no. is being it's in consistent, consistent top yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or, or, or at least in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And some home form that you can... And, exactly. and some home form. Right. Because that, see, the other thing, on a, on, a purely, on a purely commercial basis, I mean, this is always... A, remember, there was all these rumours that Steve Parrish had said to Doogie Freeman, you've got to start playing better football. Do you know, suddenly we went through that period when you know, we beat Burnley 4-1, we started winning at home. 
because the rumour was that Parrish had said to him, no one's going to buy season tickets for the way you play football normally. And on a purely commercial basis, the fact that we're in the Premier League alone won't make people spend money on season tickets. If season tickets cost as much as they do, you want to go to a game in the hope that mm. you're going to see Palace win. Mm. And if, you know, like you say, if you've only won five out of our last 18 home games, when it comes to buying a season ticket next season in a time of austerity when a lot of people haven't got a lot of money, you can understand them going, yeah. and the club can't, that's something the club need to, need to yeah. address, really. Well, hopefully, we will sort that home form out. Um, next question is from Martin Patrick. Hi, Hi Martin. Martin. Hi. And this is for James. He says, uh, Enders, I was sat. Enders sat next to me on the Orpington train last week, <laughs> but he looked like he'd had a hard day slash life. So, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't talk to him. You do, should have done. Do the panel welcome strangers talking Palace with them when they least expect it, or did I do the right thing? I barely welcome my friends talking to yeah. me about Palace. I, I, I'm a very friendly person. Is it Martin? Martin, yeah. yeah. Martin, 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 you should have said hello. I don't like. I, I would say on average about once a week I get a tweet from somebody saying I saw you looking hungover rough yeah. at various <laughs> railway stations so, so I didn't come and say hello but uh, no it's, I, I think it's, no, it's always really nice when people come and say I love it when people come and say oh, listen to the pod yeah. or I heard that bit of the pod I really, I really, I really, really like really nice, it so. I really like it when my kids say I listen to the pod because yeah. that very rarely happens yeah. I never no, had people come up to me and say you've got my coat on <laughs> that's about it really but no in general do say hello and we, we, we will be professionally nice and then we'll moan about you on a pod no I won't Martin uh, and, and Martin your second name Patrick I was born on St Patrick's Day so we could have spoken oh. about that as well there you go well next if Martin if you see James again there you go you've got two things so to talk if you're to all about. in uh, if you're in Chesham which is where Edenbridge now lives yeah don't call me Edenbridge go up hello to JD you'll love it yeah I need some friends um, right last question <laughs> For, uh, this part is from Mike Benz. Oh, hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. And I don't know if you've seen guys at the club have drawn up a moment of the decade shortlist. Have you seen this 10 moments that I they're getting fans to vote on? I wonder why that was. It's because we're 110 years old. Oh, oh was that really? 10. 10 years cool, since that's the centenary. That's and then people in the Porsons last yeah. night were singing Happy Birthday to Palace. So I assume uh, the, the first game or like the, the no, date of no, birth must have been in November no, or something. They were singing Happy Birthday to Ali. Oh well, yeah. Oh, oh. oh sure. that, that was. Oh, no, was she... making a film for her birthday. And that oh, was. Right. Oh, part of the film. Well, oh, she's, as well, she's not in the room. Well, she doesn't listen to the pod. Doesn't listen to the pod, does she? What? Why am I going to sit down and listen to listen to my husband talk for an hour about Palace? Because I've never heard him do that before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely thought no, people no, were singing Happy Birthday to Palace. Not really. So there we go. Yes, I have seen it doing the moment of the decade. Mike has asked us, "What is our moment?" So do you want me to read out the moments? You, yeah. and then you can just oh they've provided a shortlist of that yeah, yeah. Oh, right, I, would, I would have said the, the day we were saved Hillsborough interesting interesting the, well let's see the if bank, that yeah. appears in the shortlist it obviously does Hillsborough's got a box, um, yeah. yeah the shortlist in chronological order are Clinton's 100th goal for Palace the 2008 playoff run where we then lost in the semis um, Butterfield's hat trick uh, Hillsborough 2010 yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. the CPSC 2010 takeover mm, in general yeah, uh, Brighton 1 Palace 3 for fuck's sake Murray yeah. Yeah, yeah, FSS yeah. Murray sorry um, Ambrose's goal at Old Trafford yeah, yeah, yeah. oh wow yeah, the, the 2013 playoffs in general so I guess that includes Wolves double and Whoa. the final oh, yeah, yeah. Chris Dumble 3-3 three, three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. or Chelsea won Palace two from this season. Well, we've had some good, we've had, yeah. we've had some good moments, haven't we? I would, well, my Ooh. personally, my own favourite would be the boat to Fulham. Don't remember it. I do remember it. I, <laughs> that was I, I would, I, I don't know. In terms of significance, I would say it'd have to be the playoffs, 2013. Mm-hmm. Really, just the results that led up to it, but that. Kevin Phillips' penalty, yeah, yeah, basically moment, led, led, which led to all this, basically, yeah, isn't it? Exactly, this led yeah. to so much fun. That, but there were some good moments there. Actually, I'd forgotten those. Anyone else? Murray, the Butterfield, Murray the Butterfield hat trick. Yeah. Funny enough, because that was against Wolves, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was only about ten. There wasn't many people in the yeah. crowd, and also some bloke was with us. Had put money on Butterfield scoring a hat trick. <laughs> no, really? yeah, hundred to hundred to one. No way. Yeah, just yeah. So we were all kind of quite delighted for him, and it was a proper hat trick. So. That was so unlikely. Yeah. In in a time that was of, so palace as well. Yeah. Wasn't it? Just in a difficult time. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing to happen. But then the Ambrose goal, 
Clinton Morrison's under that's a random one. Really random. Random. I, can't I can't remember it. I can't remember. My my one would be uh, Ambrose at Old Trafford. Purely just purely for the ridiculousness of everything about Palace winning there, him scoring from forty yards. Gary Neville saying it's the best goal yeah, 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 I think Hillsborough I think Hillsborough yeah. for the whole day from getting up in the morning yeah. thinking oh yeah, my yeah, god yeah. that by the end of today we could be in League One well, or not be a club or, or not be a club well, or not all the hell's going on you know? yeah. actually James considering that probably is more important mm. because the playoff wouldn't have happened without, without, without that, that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I would probably uh, say Andrew, Hillsborough I'm going with Clinton's 100th goal <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. Because you I love Clinton. Clinton O'Morrison. Right. Uh, that was a good question. Mike Benz. Well done. That was good. Um, right. That brings to the end uh, the questions. In part three, we're going back to a palace date on this day. So see you in a Is bit. It Clinton's oh, right, goal. It's not Clinton's oh, under goal. Prepare myself. So, uh, it was so good last time. Join us. <laughs> I'm persisting with it. Join us in part three. <laughs> Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Part three of this week's pod and uh, is our new feature on this day where we go back to uh, a day in Palace's history. Today is November 24th, 2015. uh, And on this day, this week, we go back to 1997. Oh, interesting. On this day, November 24th, 1997, was Palace played at White Hart Lane in the Premier League. Anyone remember what the score was? 3-1 3-1 Nope 1-1 one, one. Don't stop just naming scores Anyone <laughs> well, actually, What else should we do? Uh, act it no. out No we got It was 1-0 Palace Oh was it? Oh, remember, we had a very, remember we had a very good away record that season uh, Any idea who scored? Neil Shipley It was Neil Shipley Because Andy's read it over my shoulder oh. on my phone I didn't read it over his shoulder on his phone uh, Neil Shipley 1-0 result for Palace and I did read it over What was significant about We did have Because we started off We beat Leeds and Everton didn't we? We started the season did, yeah. With Lombard Significant about that result was it took us up to tenth in the table, right. which is exactly where oh. Palace are now. How interesting. Uh, and I think actually that might have then been the the highest we were then until the end of, end of the season when we got relegated. Yeah. But what was interesting about that season, ninety seven, ninety eight, was that we had a very good away record, but a very very bad very home bad record. Home record yeah. Wow, we're living in a parallel universe. Is that what you're saying? Kind of. Obviously now we, we, we need an Neil Shipley now, don't we? God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the home record obviously wasn't as bad. We had a bit of presence uh, up front, wouldn't we? Well, it was home record was worse, much worse. We didn't win at home until Until last April. Yeah, Derby, Derby, yeah, Derby, yeah. Wow. But um, had a very good away record as well. So um, well, at the start we did. It got it it got worse. Well, I think at one point we we started off in after a month or so, six weeks. We had the best away record in the league and the worst home record so we must have gone down that season we, did, we went yeah. we bottom of course we yeah. did because yeah. we went down every time we came up didn't yeah. we apart from a couple of years ago those were the great days where we had Thomas Brolin as assistant manager and so we were 10th yeah, so we were 10th at this point but we went down yes so there's but you we know, wouldn't have had that many points I would, wouldn't have had as many points as we had now I doubt would we <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> I don't know but that's interesting but it's interesting that no, it even interesting. in end of November we can still I'm not saying Palace going to go down this season but no, you know, but it you does just, prove no. that if you haven't got a decent home form speaking of impending doom from earlier I've seen it come all over yeah. Kevin's face now well I'm beginning, to, I'm beginning to regret saying out loud that we're not going to go down well we are no, we're not going to go down 10 points clear of relegation yeah yeah no, we're 10 not, points we're, clear we're, it'd be interesting to know if you for next time we do this feature to actually have some proper stats in front of us <laughs> good point but it's a very good one you chose there. Well done. Uh, it was a weird season, though, wasn't it? Nice of ninety-eight. We had three different managers. That was disastrous. One yeah, of them could speak really. English. Had a game uh, abandoned due to a lights failure, yeah. allegedly caused by a Faris betting West syndicate. Ham, right? yeah. It was like something right. from a dream wow. team, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham, yeah, Upton Park. Yeah. And that was Goldberg was. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Goldberg was still around. Yeah. Yeah. Goldberg took over, I think, halfway through the yeah, season. Yeah, because he he insists that. God, that's almost twenty years ago, isn't it? He reckoned Brolin and uh, Lombardo could speak English. They just chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was we were a basket case by the end of that season. It all went yeah. horribly wrong, didn't it? Oh God, Venables, yeah, I'd forgotten. Yeah, God, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. God, he's at the end of the season, wasn't he? Just as we gone down, Venables yeah. and his for gold wheelbarrow full of cash. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Don't worry, lads. We know we've been a bit of a basket case yeah. with Lombardo and Brolin in charge, but it's okay. We've just appointed Terry Venables. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I remember. I think it was. I'm pretty sure Lombardo made his debut in a friendly at Barnet. 
and there was obviously a lot of Palace fans here and I just, we all remember Lombardo just looking around thinking just, what am I doing this is not <laughs> quite what I yeah. what a player he's still got to be he's one of the best players we've ever had isn't he been, a, sim- been yeah. in a similarity this season as well obviously again this season we've signed another world class yeah. midfielder at the start of the season yeah well I think you, you would argue that he hasn't quite had the same impact that Lombardo, Lombardo had well, he's not had the likes of Bruce Dyer to feed the ball into. Well, you know, if, if we had a modern-day Bruce Dyer... <laughs> yeah, I mean, make, Bruce make Dyer was a good striker. He was good striker. At least he scored goals. Yeah. Well, I can't believe that's nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. I still think Bruce Dyer's a promising youngster, is he not? Bruce. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah that's good. good feature. Well done. There you that's go. Very good. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. this week's On This Day. So... Fantastic! Very good, very go. good. No, I enjoyed it. <laughs> so that's the only thing that's ever happened in the club's history on this day. Well, no, some other we things, can't but do that's... all of them. No, we can't. We wouldn't. No, we could maybe do a couple. We must have had another game on the twenty fourth. No, I never. We oh, did, but yeah. the whole point was we pick one. Pick one. one. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Talk about pick one that's got that. a, a, yeah, there's some there's relevant. Some relevant yeah, yeah, a lot of relevant. A lot of them. Yeah, there's actually a lot of Probably more than you initially thought. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Good. Excellent. Let's end that there. Uh, part four then, we look forward to Newcastle at home. Six point and must win. Definitely. <laughs> Otherwise it's all over. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> join us in a bit. <laughs> Hello, listeners, welcome to part four of the podcast. Hey! Sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing body needs, go to Vector Code UK. It's Vector Weather. Okay. okay. And JCI is a global research bank as well as from South London. South London. Uh, I've got a question. Yeah. I've got a question. Why is Kevin Day suddenly looking so worried? Well, I don't know. Why are you looking I, worried, Kevin? I will tell you. It's because after that very interesting On This Day feature we just had about beating Tottenham the 24th of November 1997, I thought I'd look up in Ian King's estimable book. Uh, other books are available. I don't know what are they. No, it's no, just in. Uh, Ian King's Complete History. That Yes, we beat Tottenham, 1997, 24th of November. That's good. To go 10th, as JD pointed out. That, that, that says we had 19 points. Exactly the same as we have now. Exactly the same now. Good. And we didn't win another game until the 20th of March. And then we only won two more games after that and went down. So we need to not Book do that. Ideas up. We need to not do that this season. What was the next win? 20th of March away in Newcastle it was, it was 18th of March actually 18th of March 18th sorry 18th of March. March and it was well, against Newcastle 18th of March away in Newcastle right we didn't win a, well that goes really then, well doesn't it and then we beat Everton and, and then we beat Derby and Sheffield Wednesday so that's like <laughs> four months without almost four months without yeah. winning a game yeah yeah wow well let's so, hope history doesn't repeat itself yeah I think I could say that safely say that for all Crystal Palace yeah. fans Let's not put the idea in their heads. Let's not mention it to it's them. It's already in your head. I really worried that I said out I loud earlier this season we're not going to go down. Well, okay, stop it. Uh, well, we do have Newcastle on Saturday. Um, oh no, not away. Yeah, uh, at home. Yeah, he'd rather it's away, though, wouldn't he? JD's mood is catching. He's just dragging us all down. We he, definitely would rather <laughs> it was away. Um, what do Palace do? Because Newcastle are probably going to come and play very similar. To Sunderland, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure they will. I'm not sure they're capable of doing that the way really? McLaren's got them set up. I think, I just, I think they've got no choice but to. Their defence is so. Mate, mind just Newcastle season ticket. We just their defence is so. They can't. He said they can't possibly do that. He just hasn't got the organisational skills that Allardyce has got. So he thinks their only chance is to try and have a go, which. You'd like to think would play into our hands, but yeah. then again, Sunderland went forward as often as they could last night, and that didn't. I just think I think Newcastle Touchwood are a more brittle team than than Sunderland are. I don't think I don't think this is purely based on watching them on TV and talking to my mate. They just don't seem to have the battling qualities that you would expect from a, like from a from a you know. A an Allardyce team, team. yeah, basically from an Allardyce team, they seem to be quite flaky. I watched the games against Sunderland they play recently, and also yeah, their game know. against Leicester last Saturday. They just they have zero resilience. Yeah, they don't play bad football at times. Mm. They've got some okay football yeah, in that yeah, squad, yeah. but it, they're sort of one of those teams that if you get one goal against them, the heads do drop. Yeah, and if if Teoti's injured, I mean he's the one in midfield that does do a bit of battling. So. It's going to be interesting to see how we respond after after last night whether it's knocked our confidence or whether and what changes he makes and I think he will I think he'll have to make some kind of change 
Well, you mentioned the first half, the first part of the pod that um, don't think Wickham will start. No, I don't think he will, mm. and I don't think Punching will either. No, but I also I can't see Newcastle won't set up the way Sunderland set up. So I don't think five at the back. Five at the back. I don't think they. They've not got three centre-backs, have they? No, that's again, they haven't got the <laughs> I mean, personnel to do that. Yeah. They've, not, they've not got very good defenders at all. But one thing you could say about Kabul and O'Shea and Coates is that experience. if they're, they're, they're experienced... <laughs> really you know, experienced, big lads, know, yeah. big guys who yeah. won't, won't go hiding. And every time I've seen Newcastle play this season, they've looked every time like they wanted to go hiding whenever the game's got tough. Yeah. So um, yeah. hopefully other, that'll happen again. Yeah, well, on the other hand, I think... I just think we have to go at them like when we're away from home. Yeah. Just the first 20 minutes, pressure them, pressure, pressure, pressure. Don't give them a second on the ball and just get that first goal. As soon as you get that first, yeah, yeah. first goal, as soon as you get that first yeah. goal, everything's going to change. I don't think I don't think this is make or break for McLaren because he's got himself shares on the club and he's on the board, so he's going to be hard to sack. But the reaction of the Newcastle fans after that Leicester game, he needs a response from his yeah. team. But I'm slightly worried that they will be thinking we're a good place we're a good team to play next after they've had a bad game we have to put a stop to that so mm. I, I've got a sneaky feeling that we will bounce back and that something will be different but would you, what would you guys change in terms of line-up and personnel is there any sort of big changes I'd rest I would rest, I'd rest Balassi I would I probably wouldn't start with Rick, Wickham or Punching but what, what do you think will happen? Who will, I, mean, who will, I, think, I don't think I he'll make think, major changes I think he will play Balassi yeah I think yeah well, who would you guys play though? Who, what would if I'd you were given the punch chance? Arrest and bring yeah. in yeah. Shamak. I'd bring in. Um, I, I do think I, I don't particularly rate Sacco as I've, I've said before, but I'd, I'd think Balassi probably needs a rest as well. So I'd probably start Sacco's Sacco. probably injured. Then I would not be starting Sacco. Then. Well, he's definitely he's not definitely out. But the thing the thing that Sacco has got that neither Zahar or Balassi has got is brute strength. Yes, he's a really big player. Yeah. He and he's. That sometimes that works. Sometimes for all your tricks and flicks, sometimes just a big ox of a man running at you is what you need, and he does do that. He brings that to you, and, he's, and also he's, I mean, he's quite brave. He physically takes the game to him. So I would, I would, if he's fit, I would start with Saka. He just gives you an energy and a, and a sort of a little bit of fear factor. I don't think anyone's scared of Palacio and Zahar. Mm. at the moment especially not physically is no Gale injured because by all accounts he was very good on his own up front against Man United he was or, or yeah, he was. didn't score yeah, he, he was, was. And then he just seems to have uh... he's injured but not long term apparently so ok so perhaps if he's back you know he apparently yeah, showed yeah. enough in that United match that it would offer a different option and, and mean that you don't have to put quite so much pressure on Wickham to be you know sort of it's, up and running immediately I think like Jade said earlier though, it's, it's not it's not so much the personnel it's the way you, it's just Momentum and pace and vigor and all the things we lacked last night. It's like a pre-season. It's like the game against Dundee. Sometimes it's just walking pace a lot of the time. It's just for me, that. it's really simple. It's just you get at them for the first twenty yeah, minutes. Just get at them. Just push up, push up. Use use it. Just get just fire all cylinders. A bit of clock breaking well, yeah. well, well, I know. Bit, maybe, maybe yeah. And you know the other thing as well. Metal football. Yeah, that was interesting last night. We didn't mention is it initially. Because like you look at the programme and Clattenburg was supposed to be the referee you just go well Christ there's no point turning up <laughs> and the first 20 minutes it looked like he'd phoned Atkinson up and told him how to manage a Palace game but Atkinson didn't give anything that wasn't and we were just giving away so many niggly little fouls yeah. and a lot of that was due to frustration it was just it was, yeah. pushes and tugs because he it, it, it realised it wasn't going our way straight away and punching was, was gave away a lot of those little nicks and little niggles Suarez did as well so it was just I think it's one as you put it down to experience you move yeah. on you just assume it won't going to happen again and if it does then we've got potential problems Would you bring in Kelly for Ward again given what we said earlier? It's, it's, a, it's difficult to know how that would change That would change things I, I just think Ward had a difficult night but we know what a good player he is and it's like so probably no it's, it, might, it would be my instinct no you wouldn't but I don't think you can make too many changes. No, of course not. No, you don't. I don't think you need to make. I mean, not. But the I guess the boat needs rocking at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Or the boat is rocking. Whatever. But having yeah, having said that, you know, we we've come off the back of four points with Man United and Liverpool, so it's not overreacting. Yeah, it's not. It's just frustrating. It's just we need to we need to get a point at least on Saturday, without a doubt. Otherwise, otherwise. You know, we, we are talking about the whole. This whole league is about momentum. Yeah, and two games do make a difference. Yeah, and not so much the, so much the players, but the fans as well. If, yeah. if, if, if we lose on Saturday, 
which we could do, I hope yeah, we yeah. don't, then just imagine the mood around the place and yeah. you're walking out, it's going to be horrible. And the players feel that and the players will feel it as well. And it doesn't matter how many games Liverpool or Man United. Yeah. When you, if you lose two games to Sunderland Newcastle, then you're going to be yeah, pissed yeah. off. And that, that home form becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like it becomes harder and harder to win at home. Because mm. yeah. teams, if teams don't turn up at Sellers Park in the least bit worried then they're going to keep beating us and, and we've done this before where we've beaten good teams and then lost to that's Palace isn't it yeah it is yeah, but, Palace all over but we you know, so is getting relegated every time we're in the Premier League so we, we have to, we've changed that Pops so we have to, that I know but we've, we've changed that so we yeah. have to change good point we, you know yeah. we, we, I'd, I'd like to get to the situation where we beat Sunderland 5-0 and we go well that's Palace all over we beat shit teams that would be nice I'd like that yeah. as well you know, rather than just going because so many there's almost a kind of Joy about there's so many Palace fans who go, Oh, it's like you know, it's like I tweeted this, like, yeah, me feel quite nostalgic. Yeah. It's like, and that's how you deal with it. But it's well, like, I'd, yeah. I'd rather not have to do that, not I'd be nostalgic. Be, yeah, basically, I'd rather yeah. be bouncing out of Sellers Park having done what we should do against, yeah, of course, teams that are. And let's face it, that's the frustrating thing, they're nowhere near as good a team as we are. Hmm. Simple as that. There's, there's no and we know that Newcastle are not as good a team as Palace. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. we we should, you know, we go into this game and we should get three points. Yeah. On paper, we should get yeah. three points. It's that big test. They are not a very good team. That's why they're yeah. in the bottom three. How many times have we said about other teams, how many of their players would get in our team, how many of theirs, ours would get in theirs? And apart from Jermaine Defoe, there's not one Sunderland player that you'd go, I'll have him, I'll have him instead of, instead of our keeper, instead of our player. Not yeah. one. And even Jermaine Defoe's arguable. Borderline. Yeah. So, and it's the same with Newcastle. I can't think of any Newcastle players where I go, "Yep, yeah, I'll have him." So we should be beating them. That's the that's the frustration. Yeah, see, I'd say, but other than that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's the frustration. Ronaldo, Ronaldo was quite good. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Yeah, good. Anyway, anyway, it'll be. You know what? And let's hope there's not that weird atmosphere like there was. Last yeah, night, it was all done. Especially I mean, for an evening game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really looking forward to it. No, not on yeah. Monday nights. Monday nights always a bit rubbish. Thanks, Sky. I mean, I've tried to tune in on Sky to that as a usual. Oh, as a usual. Well, you want to tell you what? You would have turned over at half Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Good. Okay. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you after Newcastle game next week. See uh, you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. 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 See, see ya. Podcast Network.